Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into the sick podcast of Draft Vogel. I'm John Vogel, your host, Justin Gamble, Mark Jarvis sitting in the wings, getting ready uh, for the Senior Bowl underclassmen revelation. This was given to us the other night by the Senior Bowl, announced on uh, Move, Move the Sticks, uh, a special edition episode that they did. We want to get into it. It's the first year underclassmen are allowed to participate in these all-star events. So first, Shane, let's get this thing started. Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast with Draft Vogel. With the first pick in the 2021 NFL Draft. The first pick in the 2022 NFL Draft. With the first pick in the 2023 NFL Draft. The sickest NFL Draft show. It's going to be sick. And of course, the sickest podcast platform on the on the world actually is brought to you by DraftKings. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use the DraftKings code Sick Sports to get two hundred dollars in bonus bets instantly when you bet five dollars. Just five dollars is all you need on any NFL bet. We got the playoffs coming up. We got the Super Bowl up here in a little bit less than a month. Get into the action. The crown is yours. And now joining into the show is Jarvis and Gam. And, uh, of course, as we like to get into this stuff, uh, you can follow me at Draft Vogel. You can follow Gam at Gam Scout. You could follow Jarvis at Jarvis Scouting. So, gentlemen, how are we doing? Doing good. Lovely. Lovely today. Lovely. Looks like it. Looks like it. Got the hair going over there, Justin. and I, I showered today, so. Jarvis beard looking beautiful as always. It's about time to shave. It's finally got oh, to starting to mad a little bit. So oh boy, so we got to pissed off Jarvis on the show tonight. Be careful, guys. Be careful there, Gam. Just, just trim it up. Don't don't lose the whole thing. I don't want to shave it all the way off. I'll probably shave it down real short. But Ooh, okay. fair enough. Okay. Well, we got strong mustache like what you've got. I don't know if I can. Ooh. Pull it off. Hey, yeah, we like should. We, we could all go. We could all go mustaches, Let's do mustache. Mustache right? crew. Yeah. Hey, mustache cool. crew. Just for oh. just for a week. Yeah. Could do it for just I'm for gonna, a week. Do it next you wanna, week. You want to do it next yeah. week? I'll do one episode. I'll do one episode where it's just the mustache, and I'm never going to do that again. <laughs> <laughs> we'll make that a special. special. You know. You know. Actually, when when I was in Afghanistan, we had a mustache growing contest, and I said, "Guys, don't make me do this." And they're like, nope, nope, everybody's doing this. Everybody's doing it. I said, all right. And so uh, I grow the mustache. I made it four days. And my chief looks at me one day, and he's like, 
yeah fucking shave it off you're, you're done just, you're, just, you're <laughs> no it's over <laughs> you're not doing this anymore so i gotta grow the whole thing in first and then i can go with the mustache and then i just still look you know they i always have some comments about what i look like so yeah, it's not usually nice comments either stuff we won't talk about on the podcast <laughs> that's so, a different podcast that's for very that's for like if I ever got on with uh, Lena the Plug, we maybe we'll talk about that stuff. Anyways, um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, so uh, underclassmen uh, draft. Uh, getting on back on draft stuff. So underclassmen going to the Senior Bowl. Yeah. Uh, there are 15 that were announced on the list. I've got the list pulled up over here. I never thought and, I'd see the day. I never thought I'd see the Oh, it's, so first off, I think we've talked about this briefly on a few episodes. Is this a good thing for All-Star Games, Jarvis? Um, I have no clue. It might okay. be, it might not be. I will say our, my prediction of the roster being slightly bigger, I think, did come true. I think we're sitting at, what, like 130-something? Well, Nagy said it's exactly the same as it's always been. It's always been mm. 130. I thought it was closer to, like, 120s last Well, time. I think by the time you get to the event and you have those last dropouts, yeah, like right before, fair. I think it yeah. trims down to 120, but I think the invite list, when it's finalized, is 130. Yeah. Fair. But so no, Dan, I, I have no clue how it's going to – I think it'll be good for these prospects to get that exposure. And I think yeah. the guys that they've invited have largely been guys that deserve to be invited that are likely going to be those you know, top four-round type guys. But it's just so early on to really kind of give a, a prediction of what's going to happen. I will say, though, given how many guys appear to be going back that are underclassmen this year, I mean, it's a lot fewer juniors coming out this year than normal and a lot of COVID seniors. So I think it's a little bit of a lighter class overall – towards the back end, given how many guys have returned. So I think that's going to help kind of boost up the senior bowl roster because the senior end of it looked a little bit shakier than um, most years, in my opinion. What's going to make the roster at the senior bowl better? Like now you get a lot of those seniors that were like fringe senior, like fringe guys. They're pushed out to make room for some of these underclassmen. So it's going to make the game probably better. But I wonder if long term, you know, players start to look at these gear, it, like the senior bowl differently and they're like, uh, I want to participate because of this or not because of this. Like, I, I don't know. I don't have the foresight to really look into that, but I just feel like it's going to change. It's like NIL. Like we were like, Oh, this is great. And then now we see like, there's some issues with it. So hopefully, hopefully not, but eh. yeah, I think it's a good thing. I really think it's a good thing. And it probably should have been done before, you know, because I understood the idea of, Hey, let's encourage these kids, go back to school, get their degree, and, you know, NIL, first off, yeah, NIL has its issues, but it's also encouraging kids to go back to school, yeah. get their degree, you know, yeah. and they're making money doing it. So that's great. That's that's yeah. a positive. And then the other thing, too, is if you are an underclassman, now you have this opportunity to come out and take a look, get let people look at you a little bit better instead of having to wait for the combine and then your pro day to get in front of people like this is this is going to help them a lot, too. So yeah. I, I like to look at the positives on things. I think you guys know that which makes scouting hard for me sometimes because uh, it's all about elimination process, uh, but positives. These are all positives. rainbows for you, buddy. Baby, yes. So the accepted juniors list is uh, de- we got two defensive linemen, Byron Murphy the second. I think I already knew he was coming in. That may have been one that slipped out early yeah. uh, before they. it was specified that, no, you, cannot re- you can't talk about the juniors that are going to be at this game until – this memo comes out from the league. Uh, and Michael Hall Jr. from Ohio State got a few linebackers on here. And some of these guys, uh, one of these guys is kind of like the rush, you know, edge linebacker. And I look at the other one kind of still as a safety. So James I'm Williams. Shocked. I'm shocked they put him at linebacker. 
that's yeah pretty crazy well he's big that's the thing uh, yeah. so james williams the safety from miami's listed as a linebacker austin booker rush edge from kansas pass rusher listed as a linebacker and then trevin wallace from kentucky had a really good year and then a ton of defensive backs safety yeah. called bishop safety cameron kitchens Cole bishop from utah cameron kitchens from miami corner kalen king from penn state uh sion vaki the two-way player at utah uh safety javon bullard from georgia and sort of like a rover nickel safety jaden hicks from washington state who is and very a few good. very good a few offensive players jalen wright running back from tennessee running back rasheen ali from marshall Offensive lineman, the Jackson Powers Johnson projects as a center from Kansas and offensive tackle Kingsley Soimadia. So Mateo. Is Jackson that how you say it? Johnson from Oregon. You said Kansas. Oh, I said Kansas. Oops. Yeah. Oops. <laughs> yeah. Oregon. Yeah. Oregon. Yeah, yes. So, yeah, I know. I know. It's great. So that's our underclassmen list. Uh, Gam, we're going to start with you because we know that you like to study tape all the time and know all of these players. Who's your favorite on the list? There's like five or six on here that I'm like, oh, I got to go check this guy out. I haven't seen. I haven't seen a few of the run. I haven't seen either running back really, but I think Ooh, you're missing out on these guys. These are good running backs. I know. Backs. I know. I've seen these are good running backs, them, but I haven't watched them. Um, I think Byron Murphy stands out because he's probably a top 50 pick. He might be a first rounder. Like he might slip into that first round range. Um, I mean, he's dominant as a run defender. And he's light footed for such a thick dude. Like there's there's real potential there. Um, I like Cameron Kitchens and Kalen King. I've I mean, I think we all came into the year knowing both of those guys, thinking they could possibly be first rounders. Kalen King has a shot. I don't think Kitchens will get there, but I mean that is a physical, violent safety that's probably gonna, you know, we're gonna see all the one on one reps and the highlights and stuff coming out on Twitter, blah, blah, blah. He's gonna be in a lot of those, I would guarantee. Um, and then I think the wild card for this draft that I've talked to a ton of people about is Javon Bullard from Georgia. There's some reps the way you're like, is he a first round player? And then there's some reps where you're like, ah, I don't think he's going to run that well. He's what position is he really going to play? Um, you know, is he a day two, possibly even early day three guy? But I think he has some ch a chance to make himself some money and, you know, show that big SEC, you know, that big game SEC pedigree here in Mobile. I think a lot of it's going to come down to how he tests, but. No, I mean, some of these underclassmen are legitimate players. And the tackle from BYU, I'm not – Kingsley eh, – I don't know, I don't know how to do his last name. But Kingsley, uh, that's another Suomatia. guy. Suomatia. Suomatia, I think. Suomatia, something like that. If he sneaks into the first round, would not be shocked either. Mm -hmm. um, there's some real tools there, like real tools, first-round tools. If he, I think if he had more experience and – uh, you know, we saw him maybe at a different team. I mean, that's that's a top ten type of frame talent mover, but I think he sneaks into the first round. So I mean, they got some real good ones here. Jarvis, yeah, you mentioned Kingsley and then Byron Murphy. Both those guys, I'm really curious to see where the length ends up being yeah. because Murphy, I almost wonder if it's going to be in the 31s, and then if it gets down into that category, if that ends up hurting him. I think the tape you could easily argue for first round just because he's so athletic, he's so nimble as a mover, he's quick with his hands, all that sort of stuff. So I'm curious to see where those measures come in on both those guys. Kingsley in particular, I think, because he's listed at 6'6", 325. Looks like, you know, you think for a 6'6", he looks like he's probably going to be in the, you know, maybe high 33s, low 34s. But 
if he ends up coming in, he's actually 6'4", or maybe on the low end of 6'5", it's like, okay, is that going to impact his length? I don't think he's going to get out of 33s. I think he's going to be comfortably there. But I think some teams are going to go, hmm, I wish he was a little bit longer, you know? Yeah. That's always the deal. Yeah, so that's that's every year. Every I like two of the I like I really like two of these guys on defense. So James Williams is a guy that I like, and I've been watching him since he was in high school. Um, super tall, super long safety that they're going to try to play at linebacker and see if that fits for him at this week at the Senior Bowl, which is going to be that's going to be interesting because that could give him some more versatility as a player. I think he, in the terms he looks of like a J. Ron Curse clone. He looks like a, a Curse clone, the safety linebacker, you know, hybrid at, in Dallas at the Cowboys right yeah. now. He's yeah, probably a little make faster him, than Curse, but yeah, he's that guy. That's going to make him a prime target in Seattle yeah. when Dan Quinn takes over as a head coach. <laughs> just telling, just saying, calling it now, right here. And then uh, the other one that I really like is Cole Bishop, the safety from I love Cole. Utah. Cole Bishop plays. With some mad awesome football. You felt when he was on the field, man. Mm-hmm. It was a different Utah defense when he was healthy and on the field. Yeah. One guy that I, on the offensive side is Jalen Wright. I think that Jalen Wright is one of the better running backs. And I'm not just saying that because I'm a Tennessee fan and I like Tennessee and I bleed orange. I'm not saying that because of that. When you so Jalen Wright was not the starter at running back coming into the year. That was Jabari Small. And Wright wow. outplayed him. Right outplayed him last year. Right outplayed him the first couple games this year, and he became the number one running back. And the thing about Wright that stands out is you don't think he's running that fast until you see him blow by a couple players, and then you go, "Whoa, that dude is flying!" And that's him. That's that's Jalen Wright. He's got a lot of really interesting tools. His vision's really nice, and then uh, you know he's can be a receiver out of the backfield as well. But he just makes runs and picks his way through traffic. That is just really impressive. And uh, Jalen Wright is one of my favorite running backs in this class. We don't have a clear-cut number one, I don't think, at this point. No. In the, in the running back class, is still to be determined. I don't, I don't know if he gets there, but I think he's a, he could potentially be a top 100 pick easily. That's yeah, also that. Oh, I was going to say, I know, Game, you mentioned that you didn't really watch Jalen Wright as much, but no. I watched him. I had him running back, too, in that like second, third-round category. But I think based on testing, he could be the first off the board. Talking yeah. about a guy who's five foot ten, like two ten ish, and he's probably going to run in the four threes. You know, maybe it's maybe it's high four threes, four three eight, four three nine, that sort of ball. Seriously, no, dude, oh, he's yeah. got some speed. Fly, fly. Um, wow. He's got a track record, if I recall correctly, as well. So you kind of have that verified speed there as well. But it looks that way on tape too. Just very, very aggressive. You know, jittery runner who's just always kind of that like you know those guys who just their feet never stop. They never stop moving their body no matter what. He's that type of runner, and so I think that combination of hey, big fast sec guy you know hasn't had a lot of experience so he's not really worn down or anything like that some people say oh maybe it's it's a negative that he doesn't have more experience he didn't carry more of you know the load at tennessee but you know i think i could be wrong john what was it he ran for like a thousand yards off like 137 carries or something like that like that sounds right yeah and like his average was up through the roof Uh, i'll pull yeah i'll pull that stuff up right now dude How, how do i not okay Maybe because you, know you don't watch, Joe because you have this bias against it the was SEC. The Joe Milton. <laughs> I've never been accused. That's never been something that's said in a sentence about me. I think it was the Joe Milton effect. Once, once this season started, and I realized Milton wasn't the guy. I just couldn't watch Tennessee as much as I wanted. One thousand thirteen yards on one hundred and thirty-seven carries. Good lord, I'm no mathematician, but that's good. Seven point four yards a carry. Wow. In the SEC. 
and he's splitting carries with Jabari Small, and then there was a sophomore, Dylan Sampson, that came in as well that was getting a lot of carries as well. So the thing was, like last year when you watched him with Hendon Hooker, and he wasn't getting top-tier carries. I mean, well, he got 146. They played an extra game. But he was... When you had that dual running threat, because Joe wasn't a running threat this year for Tennessee, and that really kind of limited the offense to a certain extent because so many plays were created by Hendon and his ability to just threaten you with his legs. Um, when he was playing with, with Joe, I mean, uh, with Hendon last year, there would be plays that you'd be watching and you're just like, oh, my God. Uh, start he'll, He had a 75-yard touchdown run, I think, on the opening play against UConn. I know it's UConn. UConn had a pretty good defense this year. Okay. They really did. Yeah, they actually did. And, you know, a linebacker that's potentially going second, third round, maybe fourth, and a couple of long defenders on the defensive line. Yeah, Jackson Mitchell's going to go way higher than you guys know. Just saying. Yeah, it's happening. You mentioned him before. Yeah, you mentioned. It's happening, Jarvis. Don't start, Don't start Jarvis. <laughs> it's happening, okay? Here we go. It's going way higher than y'all know. All right. But, uh, no, um, Jalen Wright is is awesome, and I really enjoyed watching him. And not just because I bleed orange and I love the balls, but yeah. he's a legit running back in this class. Jarvis is still over there eyeing me. Stop eyeing me, dude! Come on, man, let it go. I'm gonna watch him soon. I'm actually about to get in the linebacker stack. So yeah, I'm get into Jackson. dude. Jackson Mitchell is is so. Jackson Mitchell. He's down at the Hula Bowl right now. I mean. I think he plays up. I think he gets into an, either the Shrine or the Senior. He's just always near the football, dude. He is always near the football, and he's got good size. He's a good player. What do you think yeah. he runs? Mitchell? Yeah. Four, five, five. Ooh. Okay. No. If you think he's that fast, I could. But here's here's my hang-up. When's the last time a hula ball guy has gone? Or if you sub out and say NFLPA. They've gone that high. And then it's at a position where linebackers aren't going very high anymore. Like Drew Sanders was a third. Trenton Simpson run 4 4 yeah, 3. The fact that Drew Sanders was a third. It's a hard position to go high in. Yeah. Yeah, I I'm think that's the truth. I think he's the truth. You're going to get John mad at us. I think he's the truth. All right, guys. He's, I, like, I like Jackson Mitchell. I really it, it do. It feels like this way every year where, like, like Jalen Wright, for instance, um, every year there's like two or three SEC juniors that no one's heard of. That they come out and out of nowhere, it's like, yeah, he's a second or third round pick. Just every year, there's those guys that like just because of the level of the competition. That maybe these guys don't get picked up in the media necessarily. Maybe they have like a one big flash year type of deal. Yeah, but it seems like these guys always end up popping up. And yeah, I think it's cool that the Senior Bowl gives those guys an opportunity. Like um, Jamin Davis when he came out, he didn't go to the Senior Bowl. Did he? he was a true junior, right? <sighs> I think he was a true junior. I'm pretty sure mm-hmm. he was a true junior. But imagine how how his process could have gone if he. Went to the senior bowl rather than um, he's at the comp or he they didn't yeah. but just pro day, you know. Yeah. I think I think there's one last guy we gotta talk about that's Sion Vaki. Have either one of you guys looked at him? Barely. Not enough yet. Not enough Bro, yet. Bro, he is a okay, so you know when we came into the year and I was telling you, I keep hearing the same thing, which is that we're gonna have this running receiver that's gonna take over the league. Yeah. I don't know if you heard about it, Jarvis. I know Gam did because you no, don't you think you were here it. yet. Okay. So in lobby. That's that right. A, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. But I came into the year hearing that this was going to happen. I wasn't exactly buying it at the time. But then, like, we rolled out week one, and every single NFL team had a re- running receiver that they were using in some capacity or form. And I was like, what the heck? I've never seen, like, a position sprout out of thin air in yeah. one, in one, one offseason. 
but it did. And uh, Vaki, he's going to play defensive back. I'm guarantee you that the Senior Bowl is going to let him play on offense too because he is so explosive. He is such an explosive athlete. He's ridiculous. And what ended up happening was Utah this year had a couple of injuries in their running back room and had to go basically fish this guy out and say, hey, you you played running back and wide receiver in high school. We need you to play running back for us again. And he killed it. He was amazing. He had some really big games against really big defenses where he just went off. And he was playing both ways throughout the game. So I'm not saying he's a two-way player in the NFL because we haven't seen one of those in like a true two-way player in a long, long, long time. But you got a guy that could come in, he can play defensive back, probably as a rover, and play as a running receiver on the other side if you need to, and be a special teams weapon as a return specialist. This guy is the truth, and I think he's going to kill it at the Senior Bowl. I mean, if anything, just scouts and coaches seeing that versatility out here, just how athletic he is and doing so many different things, that'll, that'll make you some money. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I've seen a little bit of him on defense. He seems like a pretty cerebral player. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's, this is pretty cool. I wasn't, I wasn't even projecting him on defense, dude. I was projecting him as, a, as on offense. And then they pull out uh, the defense. I'm like, yeah. I think he's the def- I think he could be probably more of a depth guy. But you never know. You never know. Because, um, yeah, he, I, we'll that see how special he teams, That special teams yeah, ability. Uh, that's what's going to do it. I mean, if he tests right himself here. into a draftable player too, that, I mean, that's that's really really possible. Um, I think Kalen King is kind of the another one of the big names on here because I think he might have the chance to go. Uh, maybe the highest of anyone. I don't know. Maybe the highest. Maybe I, he has a chance. Is he Doubtful, is he big enough? I don't know. I think that's another thing. I want to see what he comes in measuring at. Um, but he had some really good games at Penn State. Uh, I think Marvin Harrison Jr. kind of had his way with him. But, again, we're talking about a top-five player in the draft had his way with this kid. That's not the worst thing to say. Like, yeah, I lost my matchup to Marvin Harrison Jr., who ended up being a top-five pick. But, I mean, he's a lot like Joey Porter Jr. And pretty much every Penn State defender where they're just assholes on the field. You see how physical and tough they are and willing to tackle, willing to scrap. They kind of they have short memories. I think King has a chance to be that guy that goes to the senior bowl and everyone's like, holy shit, like this guy, you know, is gonna he's making money. Like he's he's beating up every receiver in one on one. He looks great in every coverage drill. Like there's just a lot that he can do, I think, to make himself money here. So I think right now I would say, yeah, people probably have him second, third rounder on most boards, but he's that guy that could kind of shoot up. And maybe like a guy we talked about last week, Desmond Trufant, when I remember him at the senior bowl. He was similar to Kalen King, probably the same size, similar mover, a little linear, but twitched up. And it was like, you know, a second or third rounder goes there, just is mugging people all week. Fiery dude, aggressive competitor, and sure enough, ends up in, I believe, the first round, end of the first round. So mm-hmm. King has that King has that opportunity here. All right. Jarvis, it looks like you want you guys something to say. Yeah, one more guy I was gonna throw out here that we haven't talked about at all. Who I think I mean he was kind of a he just declared like three, four days ago, uh, is Austin Booker from Kansas. Mm-hmm. And have yeah. you have you, have you guys watched him yet? Just live. So tell me about him if you can. <laughs> just, just, just when you watch him, let me know. Um, I, I was really, really impressed. Um, so he's a one-year starter. 
Uh, he's declaring as a redshirt sophomore, had uh, I think it was 12 tackles for a loss, eight sacks this season. But what yeah. stands out immediately is the frame. He's listed 6'6", 245. Would not shock me if he ends up as like 6'5", something. But the length really, really stood out. Um, I'm expecting somewhere in the 34 range. I don't know if he's going to get to 35. That'd be kind of pushing it. But uh, kind of has that prototypical defensive end body outside of the weight. I think he can hold up to 270. So he's probably going to be a guy that you can kind of project forward to add that weight. Um, but the burst at his size, uh, the overall movement skills, the ability to counter inside effectively, the ability to use his length, all of those things really flashed. Watch him against Illinois. Um they had a, I think it was a backup right tackle in there in that game. So he got some really, really easy reps against that guy. But he also had some really good reps against Julian Pearl playing when uh, Pearl's on the left side. So, um, yeah, I think he could potentially be the, the I don't want to use the term sleeper because, you know, he's a standout at uh, Kansas and had eight sacks and all that. But um, I kind of have him in like second, third round category right now. And I think he could end That's up being good. those. Oh, yeah. And yeah. I think he, with how weak this defensive end class is, in my opinion, especially towards kind of like top middle tier, you know, once you get past the verse and the latus of the world, um, it, there's kind of a big gap between that first round type guy and the guys that fall into the, you know, third, fourth, fifth. And I think he could kind of fill that gap and end up going ultimately in the second or third, depending on how he tests. I mean, you turn on Kansas. I remember, like, first time I watched Kansas this season, you, his frame stands out right away. And I think that's why I was like, oh, who's that guy? And then it was a few weeks ago, someone texted me watch Austin Booker and I ignored it or I forgot or something, you know, and I'm like, it's, he's from Kansas. And then I remember like, that's the dude that's six, 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 five, whatever. So definitely have to go back and watch him. That'll be, yeah. that'll be fun. Yeah. Gentlemen, that's about all the time we have on this episode. So thank you for tuning in. Thank you for yeah. joining us on the sick podcast and we'll be back at it later this week. And for, for Mark Jarvis, for Justin Gamble, I'm John Vogel. Shane, back in the studio. Let's get out of here. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast with Draft Vogel on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts.